Well, my faith journey, as all of ours, I'm sure, begins in my early childhood. As I was growing up, I read a lot of saints' lives. Maybe some of you did too. And as I was reading them, a burning desire within me began to grow and grow. I wanted to be a saint. I had no clue what that meant, of course, at age eight or nine. But I would read these stories and how close these people felt to God and how much they loved God and how important it was to serve God with whatever they had to serve God with. And I, that's what I wanted to do. And so that just kind of was there in the background. And as I continued to, to grow in my own um, life and my journey of faith, I started hearing, uh, I, I think in Spanish sometimes, a little inquietude, a little disturbing voice inside me that said, I want you to share my love with the world. And this voice just wouldn't stop. You know, I had my own plans, um, you know, family of five and have a great life and all this kind of stuff. And this voice just wouldn't leave me alone. And so by the end of college, I found that, well not even the end of college actually, the beginning of college, I found this voice kept coming back stronger and stronger. And so I thought, okay, if I don't check this out, I'm going to regret it. And so I um, told my boyfriend of a year and a half that I was going to enter the convent when I graduated. And he said, oh, <laughs> what's that mean? He was an atheist. <laughs> I had no idea what that meant. He knew I was Catholic, but that was about all. And so I started a new part of my journey. And it was a, a, a search for closeness to God, another way to be all of who I was called to be and give all of who I was able to give to the world in whatever way God really wanted me to do. And I decided, okay, I've got to try this and see if this is what God is asking of me. And sure enough, here I am 33 years later, a sister of St. Joseph of Orange, um, and still on fire with that desire to love God with my whole being as I feel I am loved by God. And there's been moments that have just um, really solidified that desire and, and that journey for me. Um, as I became a sister, we studied all kinds of things about church and theology and, and ministry and things. But in my first couple years of um, studies as a novice, I heard another little voice, or maybe a big voice. And it kept saying to me, I want you to go where the people really need you. And I didn't really know what that meant, but you know, we were talking about social justice and being with the poor and um, things like that, the needs throughout our world. And it just kept um, coming back stronger and stronger as I was teaching in some of our schools. I just couldn't ignore it, and so I would speak to um, uh, my superiors about it. And the opportunity came to go to Mexico as a missionary. And I just knew that was where God wanted me to go. So my journey took a whole nother turn. It was kind of a vocation inside a vocation. And all the while, I am you know, so aware of looking for God 
in my life and in the life of others in a way to be closer to God and united with God. And that is part of our charism as Sisters of St. Joseph of Orange. Our, our focus in life, our motive of being sisters, is that all might be in union with God and with each other. So it's a, it's a mission of unity. And I continue to hear that and to feel drawn in different directions to try to live that out in my life. So I was sent down to Guaymas, Mexico. And from that point on, my life has never been the same. Once I was in Mexico, I learned such an important lesson for me on, on who I am and how I live my faith from the people that didn't know a whole lot of theology, uh, didn't really participate in a lot of church stuff, but they lived it. Every day, God was a part of their every moment, practically. Anything that came up, there was a God reference. Um, even the sayings that are used, it, it's all referred back to God. If God wishes it, if God gives me life, um, you know, if it's the will of God, all of those sayings. And it was part of every day, of every activity. You just couldn't ignore it. And it touched me very deeply. I, coming from my American um, culture, would be there and ready to start whatever the activity is or have a meeting or something. And I'm all uh, worked up with who's there and who's not there and are we on time and we're not on time. And, you know, they didn't warn me they weren't coming, why aren't they here, etc. All these things that is part of our way of being. And the folks that would come in late to a meeting or a gathering, they'd come in uh, from the door and they would just, good evening, and they'd go and shake every person's hand in that area, in that room. And as that kept growing within me, that realization that there's another way to be in life than the way I've always been. And um, the missionaries that I, I would work with would kind of help reinforce that. I'd talk to one of them and I'd say, well, now, Brother Mary, we need to talk about this, that, and the other thing. And he'd say, good morning, Sue. How are you doing today? <laughs> and I'd stop and say, right. It's the person that matters most and that relationship with that person. And I learned that in so many different ways, and I um, value that. I really treasure that experience of my years in Mexico, all told were about 15 years in Mexico. So my, my heart was captured, I have to say, by, certainly by God, and then by God's people in the most um, simple and humble ways. Um, and I would find among the poor that I worked with, there were so many examples of how to live your faith and how to really put in practice this faith that we each claim to have. In Tijuana, I was ministering down there in a, in a poor section way outside of town, and we were roughing it much less than the people. And then the tsunami hit um, a few years back, if you recall, and just devastated uh, that part of the world. And our people in our colonia uh, decided to put on uh, a carnival uh, to try to raise money to send for relief in that area. Now, these people are living from hand to mouth, 
and they don't even make minimum wage. Um, they don't have electricity, water, or anything else. And they're worried about their brothers and sisters halfway across the world. And they did that. The, the youth group are the ones that sponsored that. And their, their understanding of suffering, their compassion for those that suffer was so touching to me. And during that lit, they decided to put a, a box up on the altar and just, if anybody wanted to throw in anything, you know, during all of Lent, and then we'd send it to um, some groups that were helping, you know, in that part of the world to recover from the tsunami. They raised over $300. And I, that's a life savings for, for those folks. Those are things that make me reflect on my, my own life and faith and how do I put it into practice and, you know, where am I going with my own faith. Just things that have touched my heart that remind me every day how grateful I am for the gifts that God has given to me, uh, for the gifts that I have been able to share with others, and for the way that people so generously share their own lives and gifts, even when they have very little. But it's a generous heart that comes through. It's not a matter of material wealth. It's a matter of sharing all that you are or all that you have in whatever way to help someone else. So those are some of the, the examples of, of things that just have really um, affected my own prayer life and my own faith life. And I try to put them in practice. So even here in, in our parish in San Felipe, it challenges me many times to remember that it's the person that I'm meeting to meet them as if it's for the first time to give them my full attention, to be whatever God is asking me to be in that moment to that person. And if I can keep my focus on that, then whatever I'm doing, it doesn't matter um, what the activity is. It's how I'm being present and how I am with that person, which is another aspect of the Sisters of St. Joseph of Orange Spirituality, is our presence to each other, our presence to the world, the way that we bring God to each other, and just the way that we're attentive to each other and listening to each other and, and opening our, our own hearts to each other. Another aspect that my faith journey um, really uh, changed and, and grew in because of my experience in Mexico was how to come to community. And I know here in St. Edwards and San Felipe were creating community, creating bonds of relationship. And in the religious life that I live, community has a whole other meaning. Community usually means you gather with your sisters, you have quality time together to pray and to share, and you journey through life's um, hardships and joys together. And as I lived with the people in Mexico, my community became so much bigger. It expanded. It was no longer, I live in community with this group of sisters. It's this community is part of my life. And for me, it became uh, permeable uh, walls and, and, and relationships. And I think that was another big piece for my faith journey and how it affects where I am and how I operate in, in my ministry is to allow my life to be part of your life and your life to be part of my life. 
And I truly feel I'm a part of so many families in Mexico. I, I never wanted for where to go or who to be with or holidays to celebrate or anything. I, there's a number of Susan Lee's down in Mexico, which is, you know, that have been born since I was down there. We share life and we become connected. And I think that's, for me, the beginning of my journey and my goal to the end of my faith journey is that relationship and that connectedness to God and in, as a body of Christ, that relationship and that connectedness to each of you and to whomever um, I meet in my, in my life. So the, the, that was another big um, opening, I think, for my, my own journey and my ministry. Uh, I wish I could say that, you know, I, I have all these things down perfectly, but I know I don't. So when, when I come across little bumps in the road, um, the other part of our cares of the Sisters of St. Joseph is reconciliation, which comes together with unity. If you want to be a unifier, you're going to have to reconcile. Um, you know, that old saying that we have seen, I'm sure, in, in the um, papers years ago, love means never having to say you're sorry. Well, I'd say quite the opposite. Love means you learn how to say you're sorry, and you, you learn how to reconcile. And I think that's part of what our faith about is about, and that's part of what my life is about as I minister, and within my own family, it's always a challenge to, to learn how to really ask for forgiveness and then to learn how to forgive from my heart. Um, that's been a real hard learning for me and, and a very important learning. It comes together with the, the, the desire to be one with others, which means you have to do your work to reconcile and to be at peace with your relationship with others, others. So that continues to challenge me in life, my life, and, and encourage me to continue to grow. So I'm going to take a, a few moments now and allow you to have a chance to ask any questions or share any of your reflections. I have three questions. Uh, where were you raised? Why did you leave Mexico? And what is your purpose or goals here in this parish? Okay. I was raised in San Diego. Uh, I was born in Victorville, California, in the desert, and on the Air Force Base. My father was a career Air Forceman. And I grew up in San Diego and loved it, and couldn't wait to move out and be somewhere else, <laughs> because I love to be other places um, and know all kinds of places. I have a travel bug in me. And I left Mexico after eight years, um, I was actually asked to leave after six years by my superior, but I negotiated with her um, because I was working on a sewer project in our colonia. So I was known as the sewer nun, and we didn't quite have it in place yet. And in fact, I think my name is on one of the manual covers, Madre Susana. So, uh, it wasn't quite finished, so I, I kind of said, I really have this big project, we have to get that done or it's just going to be left, you know, incomplete. So um, she said, fine, how many years do you think it'll take? I said, well, probably at least a, a couple of years um, to get everything up and running. So I took the couple of years and then I was asked to come back so I could study, um, asked to get my master's, which I did in spirituality 
and the retreat work. And, and then as soon as I finished my four summers of studies, asked to go back to Mexico. And that's what I did. Thanks be to God, I was able to go back then to Tijuana for seven years. And what are my goals here? Uh, well, part of what I was sharing with you, my goals are to be as open as I can with my life and share who I am and what my life is with those around me and have that connection and build relationships with that by knowing other people's lives. Um, so I guess that's kind of where I start. I do have other skills that are marketable skills, I suppose, too. But my main goal would be to be in relationship with the people and to share our relationship of God with each other. And on the other side, it would be to organize and help, um, I guess, to, to educate and to train and, and encourage leadership within the community, starting with the catechists. I've been working on that quite a bit the last four or five months I've been here. Um, but in all areas of, of parish work, to kind of build up all of our skills and how we work together using our skills. So kind of that kind of collaboration. <laughs>